0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Hawks last night, they just couldn't buy a bucket.
1: The end. But the beginning for us is going to our happy place, and that is Braves Country. Got some news out of Braves Country that we're going to talk about with our guy, the man, the myth, the legend, who knows all things Braves Country, and of course has his Braves podcast right here on our network, Grant McCauley.
0: And another former colleague of ours is doing big things in the Big Apple. That's coming up next on ATL Day Ones.
2: do Don't go anywhere.
1: This is ATL Day Ones. Part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: Thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that for, from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones brought to you by Bet Online T, we have to tell the folks that we're also on Amazon and Roku. If Yay. you're tired of listening to us on your mobile device, go ahead, put us on the big screen. Amazon and Roku, we're right there for you now the hawks t last night they got mm-hmm. run up by the uh state farm arena by the boston celtics and and that was one of the things that we talked about as far as what we were looking for what we're trying to accomplish when it comes to the hawks but it just seems like they could not hit a shot and the boston celtics they made 21 threes and shot 45 percent from three-point t like what do you do with (laughs) it? Right. I mean, There's just
1: no, there's no word for that. And and then on top of it, you know, as if to add insult to injury, you're out here shooting 54% from the field. I mean, it just got progressively worse. And that, you know, when you look down the stat line, it's like every, every, everything down the stat line is was in favor of the Celtics. And one of the things that really, really was uh, tough was watching the Celtics at the end of the half. You know, there the Hawks are. Get a little momentum with Trey Young taking the final shot for the Hawks and actually getting contact. And you're thinking, okay, Mm -hmm. yes, they're lights out with their threes, but this is a team in the Hawks that has been taking advantage of the paint and really doing some things. Mm -hmm. So the Hawks are right there down just six points, but nobody got back on defense. And all of a sudden, a three goes in at the buzzer, and you just kind of felt like that was game. Why did you feel like that was game? Because unless there were gonna be some major adjustments to their ability to shoot and their lockdown defense, that was
0: game. Absolutely. When Pritchard can't put it up in there, you saw De- DeAndre Hunter kind of hesitate a little bit. Mm-hmm. When he, 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 whether he kind of thought to himself, and I understand because, you know, he's been having some issues with um, getting into foul trouble early on in games. And I think that he didn't want to do that. So he kind of just put his arm up and kind of stood jumped from where he was, and Pritchard to knocked that bad boy down like it was on the And that was kind of like like game set match, yeah. essentially. But I think one of the things that that really stood out to me last night, though, T was the fact that Trey Young, they absolutely just went at him. And Derek White was just able to get into the paint and, mm-hmm. at, at will. And 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 when you think about how their defense is, is is currently constructed, he has to at least be a little bit more serviceable. And I'm being really nice and careful with my words because mm-hmm. my expectations for Trey Young on defense aren't that high. Right. But I think he has to be able to at least stay in front of guys when they start picking on him like that because Derek White was, to, was able to take uh, full, full of the advantage last night.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because on the show yesterday we were talking about the fact that Marcus Smart was probable, and right. typically in NBA terms, probable means you're going to play. You're going to move from probable to available right about an hour or two before game time, and boom. When when I got the report that said Derek <laughs> White was going to be playing, I was like, oh, my long night because last season. Yeah. Before I really, really knew about DeJounte Murray's game, I knew about Derek White's game. And he yep. was the guy that I hoped Travis Link was going to get for the Hawks. Yep.
0: I remember that conversation. Midnight. Yep.
1: And unfortunately, the Celtics got him. And you saw last night why I was like, dang. I wish Hawks would have gotten Derek White because yeah, like you said, he was really moving at will. He was really, the, the offense was running. The, the Celtics offense was pretty much running through him and Jalen Brown, just interchangeably with even a little help from Jason Tatum, who surprisingly has improved on his ball handling skills. Right. <sighs> yes. So it was one of those things, Jarvis, where literally the first thought that came to mind was and there were so many, but one of the first thoughts, let me say it this way, because pick and choose a thought, but to your point, there has been a lot of emphasis on the Hawks getting better defensively and we're seeing the dividends of that. But now Nate McMillan's job is going to be, how do you balance that out? How do you help your players to understand the importance of being two-way in an appropriate way, right? So if your mid-range shot is, hit, is hitting, that should be it. And like you said, get back on defense and get in front of that player so that he can't set his feet or so that there can't be What didn't happen for the Hawks, which was good spacing, ball movement, good shots, and attacking the basket when they couldn't get the three. And when they could get the three, hey, we'll take that three and we'll make the extra pass to do it. We'll make the extra pass to do it. And it always felt like the Hawks were just a step behind every time the Celtics were coming back on offense. So one of the questions for me, Jarvis, was what if the deep shots don't fall anytime soon? What if they don't, how are the hogs going to compete with the elite of the East?
0: They're going to have to do it. Like what Trey young has been doing good job of And that's getting into the paint yep. and going to the free throw line. Yep. Like you're going to have yeah. to, because I heard in an interview with Nick McMillan did with, uh, with our guys, Andy and Randy talking about shooting the three more. I don't agree with that as assessment, because a lot of times you know, people like, well, they need to keep shooting, you know, shoot or shoot, you know, uh, yeah, Trey Young, yeah, that that, that applies. Yes, with John yes, Collins, no, no, that does not apply. He is not a shooter. He has been no. more than adequate shooting a three-point in his career, and he's gotten better at that each and every year. But this year he is struggling. John yeah. needs to use his athleticism, get into the paint. He's gotten a little bit better with his ball handle. So I think mm-hmm. that the, the alternative, if you aren't making those shots, making those three-pointers that you're getting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have to go ahead and Take it to the rack, take it yeah. to the hoop and yeah. force the referees to make a call because mm-hmm. if you are able to get those shots, those open shots in the three-point, you def I definitely wholeheartedly believe that you're gonna be able to get to the paint. And that's what DeJounte Murray has done. He's mm-hmm. he's shooting pretty solid from the from the three-point line. He's not a, a great three-point shooter, but right. I believe that he has the right mindset. And I Trey has the right mindset. I just think that. Trey needs to continue to shoot and JC, he needs to go ahead and continue to put the ball on the floor and get to the basket.
1: Exactly. Do play to your strengths until the other part of your game comes together. And your strength is like you said, getting to the basket. That is what you should do. But I will tell you this. I tend to agree with you. I'm not sure that I agree that the Hawks can shoot them, can even shoot themselves back into making threes because, Last night, and don't get me wrong, I'm saying this with a caveat and, and an asterisk, but last night was one of those few games where you say, man, sure wish we had Gallo and Red Velvet, because what Red Velvet gave you was yeah. instant offense. But we understand he didn't really want to come off the bench, and that was one of the challenges that Nate right. faced with him. But that would have been that instant, that secondary instant offense. If you didn't have Bogey, then at least you had Kev Herter. Gallo is someone who can play that four and be like a big body in there right so when you need some instant points and just somebody to bang then you could have gotten him in there and again i am not suggesting that that would have been the panacea because you've still got to figure out with the team you have in place somebody better learn how to shoot a three fast uh and and, you know figure out how to get it and get it in rhythm but that was one of the things i thought about too was like kind of my sidebar thought like man This is where you miss it. But also, Jarvis, where I think there can be some growth and some opportunity there, especially in getting the shots together, is the bench. What you can't do at home bench, because that's where you're the bench mob.
0: Right. That's where you're the
1: bench mob. 21 points to their 44, that's not going to cut it. That bench has got to do better.
0: Absolutely. And when you think about your guys on your, your best three point shooters this year is our Adrian Griffin and and Aaron Holiday. So those guys got to play at this point in this moment. So and I think until we get Bo back or when he's coming back, well, we don't know. But they're going to have to figure it out right now. And those guys are going to have to continue to shoot. Because they, they're shooting at a nice clip, so mm-hmm. they're gonna have to shoot more <laughs> when when AJ Griffin comes in the game, and I think he's gonna have, have that green light. And we know Aaron Holiday can be hesitant at times, but mm-hmm. when he's feeling it, he needs to go ahead and, and put those bad boys up. Because when Lord knows, with Dejounte and Trey um, combined with those, those, those the bench mob, mm-hmm. those guys are gonna have open shots um, yeah. sitting out there on the perimeter. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of you know uh, uh, somebody having. Having everything locked down and what's going on. Coming up next, we're gonna have Grant McCauley, a Braves resident expert. He's gonna come and break it all the way down. Seven days a Sunday. We actually haven't had Grant on our show just yet, but he will be joining us next. But first, before we have, before we get there, we have to tell you about BetOnline.net. Now, we've been talking about the Falcons and the Bears consistently on this show, and the the Bears have been going dropping thirty points. And uh, it, the, every time they touch the field, ever since the Luke Gessie, the off, Bears office coordinator, has finally figured out how to use Justin Fields, like, oh, he's mobile. Oh, okay. You can run the ball. Oh, okay, I can call runs for you, not running for your life. You know, that's kind of a little different. I can protect you in a way. So, yeah, the Bears coming in putting up points. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do. Go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite – Sports and events at the number one online source for lines and games. Now, you're talking about, like, information. They got that all there for you, too. You know, sports wager information, live in-game betting, scores. They have podcasts. You guys come mm-hmm. to us each and every day for all your ATL sports information. Go for that betting information at betonline.net because it is the uh, the, the place you need to go because if you're trying to win some money. That's where you need to be. Now, that over-under is 50 points for for Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons and Mercedes-Benz Stadium where you gonna go what are you gonna do how you gonna get it how you gonna make that money go to bed online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because bed online is where the game starts
1: hey guys you know your first stop right ATL day ones all day every day because you want all the good good from the ATL sports scene however don't stop here Go to Locked On Sports Today for all your national news, any and all of your national news, whether it is football, basketball, baseball, which we're going to get into in a moment. But yeah, definitely, if you want the biggest stories, the biggest headlines, and if you want to know reactions from those storylines, check out Locked On Sports Today. And listen, you guys love FTC, our For the Culture segment. They got theirs too it's called take of the day so again whatever it is that you want to hear about that's on the national scene check out locked on sports today that's definitely where you're going to get all the tea now if you want all the tea on the Braves or anything Major League Baseball, then you have come to the right place today because we got our guy who does an amazing postcast for the Braves for the Lockdown Sports Atlanta Network. But he doesn't stop there. He also has a From the Diamond podcast that is amazing. And of course, he's with 929 The Game and he is also a guest contributor to our partner, our Techno partner, 11 Alive. So, For those of you who somehow don't know him in the ATL, it's a guy. Stop playing around.
2: Everybody knows Grant. (laughs) Of course they do. Great to be with you guys. Yeah,
1: definitely great to have you. So Grant, I wanted to start off, and it may be something that's not a big deal right now, but of course we got information Uh, earlier today on Liberty Media. And I'm just going to read it verbatim. That way, I don't mess up any aspect of what that announcement was. And you can find that announcement, obviously, on either the uh, Liberty Media site or a number of outlets, right? But essentially, Liberty Media made an announcement today about where the direction that they are going in, right? So essentially, there's going to be a split off. And so my question to you is this, there are a lot of big decisions that are going to be made as it relates to the Braves organization and players. Grant, does this split off, does this announcement by Liberty Media splitting with the Atlanta Braves organization, and I know you'll get a little bit more into it, but does it impact some of the decisions that Alex Anthopoulos has to make for this team?
2: Yeah, I think ultimately it will. And it's going to have the kind of impact that I think fans are looking for. And without getting into a lot of financial jargon, of which right. I'm learning as I go as well, <laughs> yeah. <come> yeah. <laughs> baseball, in my talk, what happens on the field, the results of games and obviously the things that are are built into that. But it, it's just, I, I think, a, a good move in terms of giving the club the the upward mobility in its payroll and to continue that trajectory as they've been talking about, of becoming a top five payroll in Major League Baseball. I mean, the chairman of Liberty Media said, as part of this today, I saw the the quote that we expect to be a top five payroll. Well, if you expect to be a top five payroll and you're making moves like this, it would seem to me like that is something that can be a reality. As I've talked about on From the Diamond, as I've talked about just about anywhere else I've been on 92.9 The Game, look, it may not happen overnight, but the fact is that the Braves have moved into the top 10 in payroll, year over year. This has been a trend that I'm sure fans are noticing. We're seeing all the different long-term contracts that have gone out. Yeah, you can't sign everybody, but by and large, the Braves have been doing things over the past three to four years that, I don't know, even five, seven, eight years ago, you would have never thought that are possible. So I think this is kind of the next step, the next evolution of that
0: you know what grant i think you know it's all the conversations <laughs> have been about whether or not dance b swanson is going to be able to you know um resign with his team yeah. and we all know alex anthopolis that they want to do that we know we understand that part of it but for me just reading between the tea leaves i try to do that and try to come up with the my thoughts or my gut feeling about whether or not he comes back the thing that that's everybody's talking about right now that i got a chance to check out is the fact that Von Grissom is down in New Orleans working with Uncle Ron. I call Ron Washington, the third base coach. So I call him Uncle Ron. So Uncle Ron is saying he's going to get him right and have him ready to play that shortstop position if need be. Do you think that's the that's the backup plan if they
2: aren't able to sign Dansby? I think right now that is a backup plan. But I also mm-hmm. just knowing from what Von Grissom did coming up, I mean he gave the Braves a big boost at second base offensively speaking. He's playing out of position somewhere that he really spent next to no time in his professional or amateur career, and was able to come up and really make a splash at the plate. Now that started to cool off the final four to five weeks of his run in the big leagues, because look, it's hard to get there. It's even harder to stay there. And keep in mind that Vaughn Grissom, along with Michael Harris, those were two of the three youngest players in all of Major League Baseball. So this was something that, you know, I, I don't know that we expected him to get there and stay there and never have to maybe take a step back after what we saw over the final four or five weeks. So from the development of the player standpoint, it is nothing but a great thing that he's working with Ron Washington because defensively speaking, there were some questions about whether or not he would stay at shortstop once he got to the big leagues. Secondly, and, and I think most importantly is how do you best develop this player? If offensively he's able to stick and stay at the big leagues, then that answers that question. If he's not though, I still think some time at AAA and maybe that could be the place that he would start you know, next right. year if they do have a shortstop in place would be the play that the Braves would make. And that might not be the worst thing for Vaughn because considering how young he is, that is something that I don't view as a big-time setback for the development of the player long-term as a piece of the Braves' future.
1: Now, you know, Grant, I'm going to take you back a couple of years to super <laughs> one of those <his> cool <laughs> halftime shows where literally we had left shark kind of doing his own thing out there <laughs> on the J.D. <Jane laughs> Perry halftime show. And I sometimes feel like left field for the Braves was like left shark just kind of doing his own
2: thing. Yeah. So my
1: question is to you, do you feel like that's maybe the biggest offseason need for the Braves? Or do you feel like there is a number one priority out, outside of the obvious, which is to re-sign Dansby?
2: Yeah, I mean, the shortstop thing is, is clearly going to grab all the headlines. And I've said, and I'll, I'll say it here, I still think that the best for both sides is to continue that partnership between Dansby Swanson and the Braves. I think he is the best fit. Yeah, would you love to go out there and and drop down the money to pay a huge contract for a Carlos Correa or Trey Turner? Sure. And could Liberty Media conceivably do that right now? Yes, they can. But they seem to be moving in that direction of being the big spenders. And maybe that deal is in the future somewhere. But, you know, long story short, once you put that aside and you figure out how else can we make this club better, there were two mm-hmm. positions in which the Braves were woefully below average. Left field was one of them, and it kind of bled over into their DH production as well. So finding somebody that can maybe play some left field, finding somebody that could be a DH part of the time as well. Maybe that's, you know, something that you could have, hopefully, a resurgent Eddie Rosario in your plans because. He had a lost season based on the eye surgery. Just wasn't a productive player. But the elephant in the room is what do you do with Marcelo Ozuna and the thirty-seven million dollars that you owe him? So I would imagine Alex Anthopoulos to try to be creative, try to move that money if possible. But when you're one of the least productive players numerically, analytically, however else you want to look at it, in all of baseball since the start of the twenty twenty-one season, moving Ozuna for anything is going to be pretty difficult. I would imagine that the Braves would have to end up kicking in some money to try to get rid of that problem and. You know simply move on because i feel like it, it's kind of reached that point that critical mass where you got to get more productive this is not a productive player this deal's not working out so that i think is also kind of baked into trying to make left field and dh better this offseason
0: grant one of the things that i've always been impressed by alex anthopolis he always seems to find one of those reclamation project type moves mm-hmm. where like a, like a tyler Mass and guys coming off the street so to speak you know and, and coming in and just being one of the <laughs> catalysts for you know the Braves being what the, you know, to help them win five straight NL East uh, division titles. So is, is, do you see him, do you see a guy that he, that that's already been signed potentially being a Tyler Maxey type signing, or do you think that Alex Anthopolis has one up on his sleeve that he may be taking a look at?
2: Yeah, there are a couple guys that I think are on the roster right now. One of them was signed this winter. One of them was signed last winter. And the one that they already signed that we've seen a little bit of is Kirby Yates, former All-Star <laughs> closer, mm-hmm. a guy that I, I think really pitching in 2022 was a big check mark in his rehab process. It wasn't, yes. hey, Kirby needs to come back and be the dominant pitcher that he was in 2019 for the Padres, or this is a failed experiment. I think all eyes were really on 2023 for him. And hopefully he can step into that fray and, and do that and be a valuable high leverage arm in the bullpen. The one they signed this winter was Nick Anderson, who was with the Tampa yep. Bay Rays, big time strikeout stuff, but had to deal with some arm issues. He had he didn't have Tommy John surgery, but he did have what's called a UCL brace surgery. So they did have to go in and and really get everything, I guess, restructured in some way, shape, or form in that elbow, and you know, try to get him back to you know where they felt like he could resume his career without having to go the Tommy John route. But he did not throw a pitch in the big leagues last year. However, they do feel like as he comes to spring training that He's going to be ready to contribute in 2023. It's a really low-cost you know, operation. You know, This contract is a split contract. If he's in the big leagues, he gets less than $2 million. If he's in the minors, he just gets a couple hundred thousand, and you've got somebody that could be a key piece of depth. So it's hard to know what kind of player, and, and really I haven't seen too many players, that have come as far as Tyler Matzik has from the independents, being out of baseball basically for a period of time, and then being on the mound for some of the biggest outs in the franchise's history. But I I think they're always out there, and every once in a while, as long as you're scouting, you're going to come across some players that really surprise you in some really exciting ways. And maybe a couple of bullpen arms will be guys that step in because it's a really volatile position group. It's kind of like running backs in the NFL. You can make a great plan, and year-to-year that plan can change based on injuries and attrition. So they're always looking to restock that bullpen.
1: Yeah, and we'll put a bow on it, Grant, just like – Major League Baseball put a bow on everything last night. Of course, we know Max Free second place, but that was still his highest ranking and his highest finish for the Cy Young Award for the National League. So still good stuff. Uh, Brian Snicker, third place, Buckshow Alter question mark, but we'll move right along with that one. Because I really <laughs> want to, it's like, you know, I, just sidebar, you look and you say, okay, 10 and a half games back. And we, we, we catch him. Wow. And how, right. Yeah. The yeah. House, yeah. Like, and I'm like the fourth <laughs> one and he's never like gotten past like, you know, a division round. But anyway, what I really wanted to talk about is this because Jarvis mentioned it on Vaughn bon Grissom in terms of what Ron Washington is doing to get him. To that next level of of his skill set. So I want to go back to the exciting day for us, which was the one-two punch of Michael Harris, the second getting the Rookie of the Year, and Spencer Strider right there behind him in second place. Grant, how exciting is it to have those two young key pieces in place doing as much as they did this year as just rookies? But also, like, kind of where do you see them growing in terms of the 2023 campaign for the Braves?
2: Yeah, I mean, these guys, as we know, the sky's the limit when you explode onto the scene for a club that was woefully underperforming. And when you look at the time in which the Braves turned everything around, it was late May. And two things happened then. Michael Harris II came up from A, Spencer Strider went from the bullpen into the rotation. And then the Braves rode the best record in baseball. From that point on, 113-win pace is what the Braves were on, uh, especially once they started that 14-game winning streak, which really mm-hmm. turned the whole year around. But looking at those two guys in particular, for Harris, I just feel like it's just going to be more of the same and more of just the polishing those skills. He's an offensive threat. He's a threat uh, on the bases, and an ob- and he's a gold glove caliber center fielder. Even if he didn't get that nomination this year, he's going to be getting one of those. And Spencer Strider did things historically strikeout-wise that very few pitchers in the history of baseball have done. We're talking about Kerry Wood, Doc Gooden, guys like that. And in terms of strikeouts per nine, neither one of those guys could really touch what it was Spencer Strider was doing a year ago. And both those guys got long-term contracts in the midst of these great rookie breakouts as well. So the Braves feel great about their future, and they should feel great about these two. Regardless of who took home that trophy, those are two huge reasons why the Braves were able to track down the Mets, win the NL East, and get back into the postseason in 2022.
0: Indeed. Speaking of getting back into things, I think Ronald Acuna has been a guy who's been, <laughs> it's depending on who you talk to, you talking about one end of the spectrum, oh, they need to trade him, or the other end of the spectrum, like, oh, he can't do no wrong. And I think that, Sometimes at some point, Grant, I feel like we got to come to a medium when it comes to Ronald mm-hmm. Acuna. But just kind of, can you just speak to like him coming off that surgery and playing in that in that first year? And I think that what your expectations are for him next year, next season.
2: My expectation is that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to get back to doing the Ronald Acuna Jr. things. I mean, this was a challenging year. I, I was surprised that the power was down the way that it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I did not expect that, and. I know we had to go through a lot of maintenance, a lot of aches and pains that came with that. But this is a kid that's 24 years old. And if you're only viewing it through the scope of, well, what did he do in 2022? And failing to think about what this kid did from the age of 19 through, what, 22 years old, 23 years old, before the knee injury and just not think about the impact player that this guy is when he's going and when he's right, then I really can't help you with that. But I will give people a little PSA that can be very helpful for just going on about your day is, Twitter ain't real life. And there might be the crazies that you hear (laughs) from every possible end of the spectrum that have their own theory about how things should or should not be. That's just not how the Braves are viewing Ronald Acuna Jr. There's no interest in trading that guy, nor should there be. If there was, I would be shocked. I'll be happy to come back on the show and and try to unpack what exactly would have gone into that. But that's just not how you build a sustainable winter. This guy, having a winter in which he can get back to you know, just a normal non-rehab-based schedule and regimen and come back into spring training, hopefully feeling 100% for real, 100% on that knee will be the best thing for Ronald Acuna and ultimately for the Braves because he is a much better player overall than he was in 2022. And even at his worst, he's still better than about three quarters of the league. So it might be worth thinking about that sometimes too.
1: Absolutely scary, but man, good stuff, good stuff. And listen, The one place where you can get the truth on Twitter and you can get hashtag facts is if you go to Aunt Grant McCauley. That's where the (laughs) truth lies all day, every day. So I encourage you guys. He's such a great follow. I feel like every time I either follow him on Twitter, on social media, or I check him out, and I had the good pleasure of actually sitting with him as a guest on 11 Alive Sports Extra a couple of months ago. It is good stuff. And you know what else is good stuff, especially if you're like us? and we're kind of trying to come off the low low from last night's Hawks game, you might want a Built Bar in your life. And in fact, you might want a cookie dough puff if we're real about this thing, or two or three if you're still traumatized from last night. And you can go to build.com and, and order. Make that order today. Why? Because it's good for you. It's good stuff when you think about 100% real chocolate and the fact that that's only 160 grams of fat. So And it absorbs pretty quickly because then you've got the 15... Grams of protein that are helpful for you. So again, if you're in ATL traffic, if you are coming away from a Hawks game like we saw last night, go ahead and get yourself a Built Bar cookie dough cup, puff, rather at Built.com. Use the Locked On code to get 15% off your first order because why not? It's the holidays and you guys can start to stock up and give the gift of Built Bars.
0: Locked On Sports Atlanta family, I got a proposition for you. You know how y'all guys been liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel? We need y'all to do that, more of that. The people who have not done that, listen up. Listen to me clearly. We are almost at 5,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So if you have not subscribed, if you not have you have not hit that subscribe button, please, I'm begging you. I don't normally beg, but I'm key sweat. I'll beg. Shoot, I might keep pr- sweat. I beg. I'm proud of it. I actually, you know, I'll get down and beg for these doggone subscribers. We're at 4,900. We need 100 more. I'm gonna do something silly. I'm gonna do something really silly if we hit the 5,000 subscribers. So make sure you go to our YouTube channel, type in the sports um that that search box, locked on sports atlanta, and we'll pop right up and hit that subscribe button. We're right there for you. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, whatever the hell we wanna talk about, because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. Our former colleague, our home girl. Mm -hmm. our girl former WNBA player nisha butler t she is the first afro latina to launch a steam center for children in right there in the big apple in new york city she has been doing her thing and facility offers advanced and fun steam classes to students ranging from 6 to 12 years old t I don't know about you, but it was just—I always knew it was something special about Nisha Butler. Yeah. But but for her to be doing something like this, and, and as far as introducing uh, minority minority kids or underprivileged youth, be able to exposing them to this type of thing, I think this is just absolutely wonderful.
1: Yes, and remember, she went to Georgia Tech, so that genius was always
0: there. <sighs> yeah, you know, yeah, she kind of had to be kind of smart to get up in that bad boy. <laughs> You're right. absolutely a little different.
1: But I yeah, we had get the a chance to work <laughs> with her back in the early days of 92 9, and I can remember when she was covering the WNBA games and our NBA games, she was saying that there was just something else pulling her to do something different. So to have this particular, the science, technology, engineering, um, advanced kind of uh, AI, like gaming, if you will, and math, that's Mm -hmm. what STEAM is about. To introduce that to youth is absolutely amazing. So excited that she is living her dream and also to be a female in that space. Right, pioneering female is amazing because oftentimes in that space it's very male dominated. So I'm excited for what she is doing. One of these good days, we'll have to have her drop by the show and talk a little bit about it because you guys, these areas are where it happens. I know we talk about sports and we love sports, but really the, the individuals making a difference in the world are those in that steam space.
0: Right, no doubt about it. My brother is taking full advantage of that. And and another thing that I thought I really liked about in that article, we was talking about it, is just that generational talking about generational wealth. You know, changing the narrative of your family, changing changing that trajectory, right? Because these guys, like people who participate in this industry, they start not at six figures, t and to be exposing these kids at this age. To those type of things, to 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 gain a, a, a interest into those type of things, mm-hmm. those are the type of things that going to get them into that. Once they go to school, and and once they go to school, being introduced at such an early age, it's going to mm-hmm. be an easy transition into that industry and be able to capitalize off of it. So mm-hmm. I'm super super excited about that. But yeah, shout out to Nisha Butler for doing her thing. Now, T. I don't know if I can get some kudos for this one, but uh, you know, Nick Cannon, you know he like he's like to spread the wealth uh so to speak uh why did i just say that <laughs> um but yeah we're gonna roll with that we're gonna roll with it t <laughs> so it was, uh, apparently uh mr nick cannon i think he just dropped his 11th or 12th child 12 Life on the way 13 twelfth yeah. is on the way yeah all that good stuff the man said he's uh paying almost three million dollars in child support t help me out with this one uh because uh i don't know like I don't know if i should be excited that he has enough money to be able to pay three million or the fact that he has uh, so many kids that he has to pay three million i don't know which way to go on this one. but help, help me out to you. i'm struggling with this one yeah i'm gonna go
1: with he has so many kids that he needs to pay three million dollars in child support a year <laughs> that gosh. has to be the dumbest thing i have ever heard in my life he has a payroll yeah <laughs> he literally
0: I mean- has a payroll
1: <laughs> I mean, I know that everybody is not made to be a role model. Don't get me wrong. But this is really a bad look. Like, and think about it too. You married one of them, Mariah Mm -hmm. Carey. That's it. So you're okay with adding to the narrative of baby mama and baby daddy? I mean, because that's what you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what they all are.
0: A paymaster.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just. ATM. Yeah, it's a sad commentary. And listen, I hear that you love kids and you try to spend, you know, as much time as you can with all of your kids. But at some point, that's the other piece. At some point, some of those kids are really going to start to miss out. You're going to miss out on some formative things for some of them. And then how do you make that decision on which way to go? Because some kids are going to be hurt every single time. Oh, why did dad choose to go to that particular play instead of that game? Or why did dad choose to spend the weekend with so-and-so and not me? Good luck with all that, because apparently you're thinking to me more about yourself just because you can versus whether or not this makes any modicum of sense for your children.
0: Absolutely, because at the end of the day, I know, you know, I I joke about a lot of that type of money and being able to have it, you know, to be able to spend it like that. But like at the end of the day, being a father of two, two daughters, time matters. I mean, I understand money. You got to have it. You know, I get it. But that time means so much more mm-hmm. than money. Uh, and I think a lot of times in these situations, the money mm-hmm. means more to the parent or the mom versus the the child. The child wants time. Child don't care about money. Child wants time. And And, and that's the thing about it with you having to keep up that yeah. that certain lifestyle that's right you ain't gonna have no time to i gonna spend with those kids that's just nope. that's just those are the facts it's not yeah. enough time in the day yeah I'll go ahead and yep. leave it at that <laughs> first of all i going to thank you for making atl day one's your first listen today make your second listen locked on sports today they have all the national news ready for you and also they got something like similar to for the culture like like we just did they have the take of the day you don't know who's gonna pop on that bad boy. Tanitra might pop up on that bad boy, John Chuckery might pop on that bad boy, Mark Zeno might pop up on that bad boy, cause Lord knows he always got the hot takes. So make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and or wherever you download your podcast. wherever you get us, just go and check them out as well. We really appreciate you for that in advance.
1: We appreciate you guys for stopping by. And tomorrow we got a special guest for you guys as well as we break down Falcons bears and talk keys to the game.
0: Absolutely. Y'all come back now. You
2: hear?
1: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.